where have all the good men gone? And where are all the guys? Yeah! Where's the streetwise Hercules to fight the rising eyes? Welcome, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, and even more ladies, because we've got more ladies today than we usually do. Am I right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> well, at least, at least one more. what I was looking for, but uh, yeah, we're the Feminine Critique. I am Emily. I'm Christine. And we are joined today by a third lady, third mysterious lady. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Erica. Now, some of you, many of you, probably know Erica uh, in many ways. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, uh, mostly probably from Gleecast, which is the other yes. podcast I do. It's a little weird in a way for, for me to be uh, podcasting with the two of you, I have to say. Well, oh, I didn't we, even think about that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Christine and I already figured out that you're basically trying to like turn us into the same person. I after- never tried to do anything. You two just happened to have the same exact face picture one day where you were both wearing a little purple hoodie and had the same color hair and were wearing sunglasses. It, it was an eerie coincidence. It was it was strange. It really was. We, we traced it back to you. I'm pretty sure you're the reason for it. Well, so. you're, the, yeah. you're the common denominator. When it comes to podcast hostesses, I have a type. <laughs> what can I say? Some people dig like fat chicks. Some chicks maybe dig like redheads or, you know... Um, one-legged men. I don't know. Everybody's got their thing, and my thing apparently is whatever Christine and Erica are. Adorable. <laughs> Indeed. Very much so. Um, so on today's episode, now, the reason uh, we invited Erica onto this episode is that one of the movies um, is a very dear and near movie to her. So, Erica, what is the second movie that we're going to be covering today? Um, it is Thor. There's something really annoying about the title. I know, because... I, I wanted to, like, give it, like, a subtitle, like, like well, like, the second one, like, Thor, the Dark World. Like, I felt like it should have said something else, but no, it's just yeah. Thor. Or, like, eight, you know, if you were saying, like, the Avengers or Captain America, but Thor. It, you just don't like that it's a single-syllable word? It's a single-syllable word. <laughs> Sorry? But it also, it's words that start with TH, are, it's not a strong sound. Like, if Thor was actually named Tom, let's say. And the movie was called Tom. You could say it like that, right? Today we're going to be covering Tom. But it's Thor. It doesn't have a strong... It's, it's a very weak-sounding word. Ironic. <laughs> it, is, it is, isn't it? Yes. Now, everybody, what are we going to be pairing Thor with? Do you want us to answer at the same time? <laughs> yes, I do. Can you count it down so I we can. get it correct? Okay, ready? Three, two, one. Super, Super girl. girl. Super girl? <laughs> <laughs> what I heard. Somebody had uh, a yeah. 
We got a 1984 or I don't know 1967's Supergirl. <laughs> uh, this, Ugh. you know, we will we will get there. Um, yeah. Sure, we got great things to say about that one. Mm. Great things. Great things. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, but before we do that, um, Erica, as you know, we do a little thing here where we talk about some of the last couple movies we've been watching. Yes. Now, um, should we do? Should we be proper ladies and let our guests go first? Absolutely. Um, mine is. It's a short list. Um, I haven't watched that many movies recently, just because you know TV's back. It's fall, and I've been watching a lot of that. But um, most recently, um, we watched The Hunger Games because I am getting ready to go see that this weekend in theaters. Oh, so the, you're talking about the, the first sequel? One. Yeah, the first one. Mm-hmm. The That's really one. funny because I rewatched it too. Yeah, I actually reread the book and then rewatched Man, it. All the same. Well, I'm gonna go see it on Thanksgiving, so I had to gear up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hadn't seen it since I saw it in theaters, which was ah. what, like a year and a half, two years ago. A year and a half because it was spring. It was think, like right? spring, yeah. Now, Erica, how did? Because I think for Christine and I, it played very differently on second viewing. How did you like it upon second viewing? Um, I, th- I liked it. I still liked it for sure. Um, I, I have like a little bit of a history with it because the, the first time I, I read it and I say read in, in quotes, I'm making quote air quotes. Um, it doesn't know how to read everybody. No, because Aww. I, oh, let me get you help. <laughs> um, no, cause I actually listened to the audiobook in the car, like while I was commuting, mm-hmm. um, to and from work. And I felt like I, I don't know. When I talked to people about the book, I felt like it gave me a really different perception of the book listening to someone else read it than the people who read it themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I, I I liked the movie when I saw it, I took a few issues with it just because of things they changed that I felt like they shouldn't have or that they didn't play up enough okay. to really give you like – I just don't think they portrayed the capital and the government in like as awful a light as the book does. Okay. Um, so like, so then I made like this time before I knew we were going to watch it again before we saw the movie. So I made sure I physically read it myself mm-hmm. and no, it didn't change the way I read it. I think I just have really different opinion than <laughs> other people. So yeah, but no, I still, I still liked it, but I definitely still, I mean, reading it like right before watching it, I still definitely felt like they didn't do enough to make the capital as awful as it is in the books. Okay. And you are going to see Catching Fire soon. Both of you are going to see it soon. Yes, you okay. should see it too then. Um, I already saw she it. Already. Oh yeah, you son of a bitch, I did know that. I left the house. It's crazy. <laughs> I left the house. I went to a movie theater. I sat down in a seat and I watched the movie that I paid for. Oh uh, yeah, you saw you. it. Yeah, you. Like, like opening weekend too, huh? Man? Saturday morning at 9.45 a.m. See, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Good um, for you. Yeah, and just to, I'll just jump in here because otherwise we'll sort of yeah. just go back and forth. Um, I just, I won't spoil anything, but I loved Catching Fire. <gasps> oh, I'm so excited. I really was extremely happy with it. Um, and in terms of your complaints about the Capitol in the first movie, um, I I feel like they, they do a lot, they do more with the Capitol in this one. And they even kept a really small detail from the book that I thought was really important to kind of represent something about the capital they keep it in there so well they have to they they would have had to have stepped because i agree with you erica they would have had to have stepped it up quite a bit though to get the third movie to where it needs to be yeah yeah or else you're just going to be like 
wait, why is everybody so upset? Why are people so mad? I don't <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't get it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, so what else do you have, Erica? Um... I feel like I, I feel like I had three this morning when I thought of them, but now I can't come up with the third one. But anyway, the second thing that I saw, it's not actually a movie, it's a TV episode, but I saw it in theaters, so it oh, kind of right. counts. I um, went to go <gasps> see the Doctor Who 50th anniversary special. I knew this is what you were going to say. Did you love it? <laughs> oh my God, so much. In 3D, mm. in the theater, it was so good. That's it was awesome. really, really fun to see it with a crowd and not to like, well, I didn't watch it when it aired on Saturday. I waited until last night to see it in theaters. Um, and it was like the crowd was awesome because they like they were clearly all just fans and there was a lot of young kids with their parents, which I thought Aww. was really cool and a lot of kids in fezes. Um, but it was just like a really good crowd to see it with. And they filmed like um, Matt Smith and David Tennant film like a special introduction, like the put on your 3D glasses part. Like they filmed a little intro for that. Um, that was just really fun to watch because watching them interact together is super mm. fun. Um, I'll see that someday. Oh, <laughs> I'll watch Doctor Who someday. No, you should. You'd love it. I keep saying that, but there's so many of them. But you don't start at the beginning. You start with, with the 2005 series. Yeah. There's really it's, not that many. It's not at all. It's right now. It's seven. me. <laughs> it's seven. This is seasons. what you get when you put us together. We're going to team yeah, up on. No. <laughs> it's only seven seasons and they're not especially long seasons mm, okay you can do it I feel like you... it's I'm trying to think what is the equivalent of it of something that I I resisted for so long like not Arrested Development because that wasn't quite as um, ever like mass popular like I feel like every every thing that's like I get all these emails of like of these like websites that sell geeky toys and all they are, are Doctor Who and it just yeah. seems like this like line that you cross, and then all of a sudden everything's Doctor Who. And I don't know if I want to do that. I want to be. But me. It, it is really really good, especially like I'd say the first four or five. Um, it started to fall off a little bit for me, but yeah. um, it's really really good though. That's why people like it so much. Like you have to at least watch through but David Tennant. The Big Bang Theory, and that's not very good. Well, I'm not saying that. The, the yeah, don't listen to those people. There are far more people who like Doctor Who than The Big Bang Theory. Uh, ratings do not suggest that. But Doctor Who, the anniversary special, was global and, like, broke records. The Big Bang Theory is not breaking those records. Well, it's a different, I guess it's a different numbers. Not, it's the same. Doctor Who is making a cultural impact, whereas The Big Bang yep. Theory will not be remembered. I'm not defending The Big Bang Theory. <laughs> Emily, <laughs> why do you even like that show? Ah, God. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, watch Doctor Who. It's I mean it's essentially like it's Buffy but with a male time traveling traveling character. Okay. Okay. That's actually really that way. That does make it a That's bit really bit. true. And it's yeah, I well, thank you, but yes, I know because that's how I get people to watch it. I'm like, "No, it's it's Buffy, but it's a dude and he travels through time." But like it, and I mean, even the first season is very similar to the first season. It's very like monster of the week, and then an overarching story at the end. And then as you get further into the seasons, there tends to be more of like one big plot line throughout the whole season, and some standalone episodes. And and David Tennant, so you can't go wrong. Okay. okay. All right, I give um, it, man, I give it. <laughs> Good. Uh, right. But 
yeah, other than that, I can't remember any other movies I've watched recently. Well, you, so you watched something on Sunday. Oh, I did. Yes, I watched uh, on Sunday. I watched the Nutcracker 3D from 2009 uh-huh. with with uh-huh. Emily, Emily for our other podcast. <laughs> You just need to leave people I, alone with that terrible film. be trying to force that movie on a lot of people. Oh, yeah, I know. It's just so <laughs> epically horrible. I can't help it. I watched it in a hotel room because of you once. Oh, boy. You told me what you, that. What'd you think of it? I hated it. Well, it's terrible. Of course oh, my gosh. You know, okay, I never told you the story. This is such a derailment. No. So I moved to Texas in the end of April, the beginning of May, maybe. Okay. Um, it was right. on in a hotel. I didn't know that movie airs anywhere. Why would it be on in the middle of, like, at the beginning of the summer? <laughs> Why? Why not? Yeah, it was on in a hotel room. And, yeah, good stuff, right? Yeah, it was so good. It's it's one of those, like, I think amazingly bad recent films but like i said enough pe- people haven't seen it and people need to see it That's for a reason though okay erica do you have any more movies <laughs> no i think that's it okay christine what have you been watching okay i'm gonna go super fast um because i have a lot um i saw thor in the theater oh um, i saw that too why did i forget yeah, about that erica mean, saw that too but thor the dark the dark world. yes um i'm sure that'll come up a lot when we're talking about the movie though um so i'm not gonna get into that um, I've watched the Final Destination. The Final De- Oh, oh and I and I watched game. Final Destination five. Oh, because right. I, I, as you remember, I didn't finish them. Yes, I do remember. What did you think of four and five? Okay, four is terrible, and you're crazy. You're a crazy person. I like the better second time around. I don't know. Uh, you're a crazy person. Maybe. Um, which which one is was four? four? Is, is that the NASCAR? Yeah. yeah, 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 the totally. Like- Forgettable, terrible yeah. one. Yeah. Emily's wrong about that one. <laughs> Thank I, you. I you're right, Christine. <laughs> <laughs> Emily, this is what you're going to get. <laughs> you're going to get ganged up on. Christine and I agree on a lot of things. <laughs> yep. <laughs> one of you loves Supergirl. I know it. Well, we'll, we'll see. Um, the fifth one, um, like, I almost burst into tears at the end of it. Where were you like, what? With joy? Um, like with I was just overwhelmed by emotion <laughs> um it was just amazing I didn't expect it it was so good because it's something that series has never done before god it was so good and then I got I just got real choked up because like you know I felt like a connection to the franchise and stuff <laughs> um I then went on a kick of watching um documentaries for some reason um, so I watched We Seal S- Steal Secrets, the story of WikiLeaks, which, okay. I mean, if you want to get aggravated, watch that. Um, Park Avenue, Money, Power, and the American Dream, if you really want to get aggravated, being as, you know, we all have New York ties, watch that. Um, and then I, I watched The Big Fix, which is about the GE oil spill, which is super upsetting. <laughs> so if you just want a lot of animals covered in oil and being sad. They do, and they also show how, like, everybody's lying about it, and it's just, it's more like the stuff that's happened after, as opposed to, like, right after trying to cap it and stuff. It, it goes more into, like, how BP, I said GE, I think, I meant BP, how BP keeps covering stuff up and keeps lying about stuff. Um, so, that's upsetting. I don't know why. I guess I wanted to be upset. Uh, um, I then <laughs> rewatched X-Men Origins Wolverine. Which I hate, the fiery passion. Um, so you decided I then, to give it two hours again. 
Oh, no, well, you'll see a theme. I then watch X-Men. Oh. Um, I then watch X2. And then I watched X-Men Last Stand. How does X-Men, the first one, hold up upon watching it today? Not well. Mm. Not well at all. Um, the second one is still um, the strongest of that grouping. Um, yeah. But that that's not saying much, because yeah. that one's not really aging that well. Um, I also watched Passion. Have you seen it yet? The uh, De Palma? No, no. This is the Rachel McAdams and um, yeah. Nomi Rapace. Guess what we're going to have to cover on this show? Are we going to have to cover fashion? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Bring it. I am so tor- I'm so torn on this movie, man. Oh, I need to talk about it. All right, I'm in. You know how I feel about the De Palma? I do. I do. Um I, do. I watched a documentary called Jedi Junkies, which Ooh. wasn't very good, but if you really like to watch Star Wars stuff, then you should watch that. And then I rewatched Skyfall cuz it's on instant watch. Yes. It's on instant, but I can't watch it until I watch the other two apparently. I've been told Really? That's what Brandon says. Uh, well, I don't know. It's really pretty. That movie's super pretty. I don't like it, but it's it's like very attractive and it's well acted. I just you're, think it's. You were one of the few I've heard who didn't like it. Well, I don't like really like um, the James Bonds. Oh well. Um, and I felt like the last um, the last third of it is super bloated and self indulgent. Well, that's every James Bond movie I've seen so far. Oh, okay. So th- there you go. Then. Then we're totally on the same page. I mean, there are certain tenets of James Bond, which is, you know, you have the gadgets, you have the women, uh, you have the villain, and you have an ending that's at least 15 minutes too long. Yeah, this one really seemed like, I get what they were doing. Like, people have tried to explain to me, like, oh, you didn't understand it. No, no, I get what you're doing. It's mm. just obnoxious. Stop doing it. It's just, I'm not a huge fan of those movies. But that that's me. I wanted to blow through those. All right. Um, I don't have too many. Uh, Catching Fire, as I already said, and it was really good. I was really what would you it. rate it out of if we were rating oh. it? What would you give it? Um, I would probably give it an. Um, Did you almost say a nine? No, no, no. I would probably go seven point seven five eight somewhere around there. And I'm what so would you excited. rate the first one to compare it? Uh, first one, I would probably go six seven six point seven five seven. What did I just give it? Um, I would say there was a good full point difference between them. Okay. I gave it a seven last time I watched it, so. Okay. Yeah, that's right, that's right around where I would have given the first one. Uh, this one, I just think um, pretty much everything about it was an improvement, and one of the things that was good was the the performances have gotten better of the same act. Like, Woody Harrelson, I feel like, just phoned in part one. Yeah. And in this one, he's having a little more fun. Uh, and the thing that, like, the one complaint I had about the first movie in terms of what the book had that the movie didn't was I feel like in the books, Katniss, who narrates it, has a really good um, narrative voice. And mm-hmm. Katniss as a character in, like, the actual, like, writing of the book is has, like, this really great sarcastic tone a lot of times. Oh, and yeah. That comes out really well when you're reading, but it's very hard to translate that when the character is essentially a character of few words. And in the first one, she's just very serious and you kind of don't get any of that. This one, the script actually was able to bring out kind of like her sarcasm a little more. So this one was actually funnier too, which I really appreciated. Um, So it was just a hearty recommendation. I'm really excited for both of you to see it and to hear what you think. Yay. But I was just like so happy with it. And by fucking God, Stanley Tucci. MVP Stanley Tucci. Yeah? Oh, 
I mean, he's great in the first one, but in this one, he is. Like, because I went to see it with um, Fozzie, and he apparently every time Stanley Tucci came on screen, I just like went like, ah! because he just has like every facial expression, every movement he makes is just very measured and very like at an eleven, and it was wonderful and it made me happy. <laughs> anyway, other movies I watched include the long, my long-awaited viewing of JFK. Okay. Oliver Stone's JFK. Uh, it's one of Brandon's favorite movies. I had never seen it because I was really never ready to sit down and watch a over three-hour movie about the JFK assassination. Um, but it was a fitting weekend. It was the anniversary and mm-hmm. such. And it was actually really good. Um, it, it is over three hours long, but it, and this is a big thing coming from me, it doesn't feel like it. It is really engrossing and really riveting. And save for... One issue I had regarding any male character in a movie who has a family, we have to have the obligatory scene where the wife tells him he's not spending enough time with his kids. Um, Aside from that, this was just an excellent, excellent movie. And so many people are in this movie, and it makes playing Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon really easy. (laughs) Um, Upon Christine's recommendation, I watched watched, uh, her instant recommend from last week, House Hunting. Oh, what'd you think? I loved it. Isn't it, like, surprisingly good? Really good. Um, first of all, you, you told me all the floor was in it. You didn't tell me Mark's, Mark Beastmaster's singer. I know. I know. I, I meant to. I knew that would be that more... That would have made me watch it immediately. That would, that's more your thing. But wasn't Art LaFleur, like, oh, way... He was, he was so great. He was like, wow, I'm going to be really good in this movie that I don't really need to be very good the in. The whole cast was really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mark Singer was I good. Agree. Like, the, the young, the teen, like, the two teen characters were really good. Um, this was, what the funniest thing, though, is you know what movie it reminded me of? What movie? Yellow Brick Road. Ugh, which is awful. <laughs> Do you know my mom? My mom sent me a text message about a week ago that said, what does the end of Yellow Brick Road mean? Why would she send me that? Because even you I don't people. know, and I like the movie. I, I'm like, I don't know, you know I hate that thing. <laughs> but this way, in a weird way, just the kind of like, it had a similar tone and... Yeah. I don't know, like, I would pair these two together, but, um, yes, people, listen to what Christine said. This is a really good instant watch. It's just a a different, new, little indie horror movie. Um, I think it was the guy's first full-length feature, and it's written really well, it's acted really well, it's shot beautifully, like, it just, it, it's very, it's a very special movie, and it's the kind of movie that I'm like, I want to see what this guy does next, so. It was, it surprised me. I didn't expect to be engrossed in it. I was like, I'm gonna put this on and make one of it. No, it was actually really good. <laughs> um, I watched, uh, this was a one of my favorite movies that Brandon had ever seen. Last time I watched Bride of Chucky, this time we finished it up with Seed of Chucky. Nice. Which is wonderful and everybody should watch it. Um, I watched <laughs> um, Snoop Dogg in Bones. Nice. <laughs> I told you I was going to watch it. And do you know who else is in this movie? Kendra, oh. the fucking vampire slayer. <laughs> but she's in everything. She how everything. Wait, how old is she supposed she to be in this? 11? No, she's supposed to be 16. She's always supposed to be 16. Christine. She doesn't age. Everything she's ever been in, she's played. 16. She bathes in the blood of virgins. I it's don't know how it. she does that. Yeah, with Vanna White, same thing. Um, this was better. This I didn't realize it was directed by Ernest Stickerson, who did Demon Knight. Oh, yeah, which is a yeah. good movie. And this it has a similar tone. Uh, where it's just it's it's a comedy, but it doesn't reveal that right away. I think it probably should have, and it should have not trusted Snoop Dogg to be scary and just let him have fun. Mm-hmm. It, so it, it doesn't quite find the balance well enough. But you've got Pam Greer, um, yep. and I 
I enjoyed this. I don't know. I, I thought it was much more fun than I expected it to be because it has a pretty bad reputation, I feel. Uh, another movie I watched that Erica and I will review shortly it would be Joyful Noise. Oh, yeah, I watched that too. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's great. It has Dolly and Dolly sings, and that makes I, it great. You, have you listened to, I don't know if you um, listened to How Did This Get Made at all? That podcast with Paul Shear. I've been told to, but I have not. Um, um, but they did an episode on Joyful Noise, which is actually, which you'd probably get a kick out of. Okay. You should look it up. Okay, I will. Yeah. Um, you'd give it a 10 out of 10, right, Erica? Um, I'll say that great was a very strong word for that film. Ooh. Well, everybody, when you want to hear uh, <laughs> a bit of a rumble, then... The, uh, back in in the middle of December for December 15th episode of Gleecast mm-hmm. indeed uh, and last the movie I watched the other day would have been from Netflix um, a very divisive movie known as World War Z and you hated it right um, I here's the thing I approached this Oof. movie with um, A thinking I would hate it and B feeling trying so hard to say this movie is I have I know nothing about this movie. I did not read the book this movie is based on. I know nothing about this movie. Because I loved the book and I and I normally am fine with an adaptation doing whatever it wants with the book. But with World War Z it was just a frustrating thing because there was, you know, it's I think that book is so special and I really wanted to see how you can tell that story. Um I mean the movie doesn't and the movie once you accept that the movie isn't going to um there were things I hated. The, oh, he has a daughter, so of course she has to have asthma because then we need an asthma attack when it's really inconvenient to have an asthma attack scene, for example. The ending, which I know there is, like, everybody knows that it was reshot and blah, blah, blah. Uh, I didn't realize it, but I had to, I stopped the movie right before the reshoots, I guess. And then I went to bed and then I woke up the next day and pressed play right from the reshoots. And it was like, oh, wow, this really does feel like they just reshot an entire ending. Um... I don't know though it just there were certain things i that i will say i will give them as like okay i've never seen that before i have never seen the the zombie fling thing where they just kind of flung themselves at things that was different that was cool but it kind of lost its coolness as the story continued to suck because the opening i thought was pretty fucking solid the opening scene is good and there's that thing with like the bear that that that, like counts whatever the toy that counts Oh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. This movie was hard to pay attention no, no, to. No, no, right, right, um, yeah, he's when it kind of gives you the the countdown to how quickly how your bit and then you turn. Fucking cool, right? That was, that was cool. really neat. Was a, and then yeah. all of a sudden it turned into this like preachy white guy saves the world movie. Yeah. It was so obnoxious. Well, he couldn't have done it without the really cute Israeli soldier that helped. That that died? Wait, oh, the no, girl. The girl. Oh, I'm just trying to work in internationalism in it. Nope. Yeah, it was Frustrating. It was a really frustrating movie. We should do it for the show. I would love to watch it again and get angry. I mean, I would love to see. I mean, I, I don't. I guess they'll never release the original ending because I'm sure it was never finished and edited and everything. But I would be so. Because I've read about like the original ending was going to be the last 30 minutes was going to be Brad Pitt getting conscripted in Russia and forced to fight zombies and it being a battle and blah, 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 blah. And. Like, okay, and instead we get kind of a Walking Dead ending. And, like, him, wait, you mean, like, him running around the hospital? Yeah, like, it feels like seeing yeah. the Walking Dead. Yeah, and, like, running by the same zombies over and over yeah. again, because they only had four of them. Yeah, I don't right. know. Right, and, and on a, 
and on one hand, it's like, okay, well, you know, it's, maybe it's kind of cool for a big-budget action movie to not end on a giant battle, but to end with this kind of quieter moment. But it's not really that quiet. It's not like it's an innovative, like, shocking... It just feels like they ran low on funds and had to rework things. That's why people... TV. That's it. Does that dude was a TV director? Did you look at his other stuff? Yeah, that's Mark. Far- that's that's Mark Foster who did um, uh, the set with Quantum of Solace and Monsters Ball and other. He did TV stuff, or maybe the writer did. No, no, no. The, no whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, the <laughs> which writer, Christine? This is oh the, yeah. This, you had at one point the Lost guys came in to rewrite the ending. Boo. That's the noise I make. Yeah. Um, yeah. Damon Lindelof and Drew Goddard rewrote. Can we please do this movie? watch it again yeah, absolutely let's pick it for next week so you have to watch it immediately uh, no we won't do that give it a year how's that give it a year give well, it a maybe month maybe by then they'll have the sequel because that's the other thing the movie like, ends and they're like okay so Seize. you know what they did eventually decide like they are going to do sequels and you can tell because it ends in such a blah way you're like yeah they better fucking do a sequel uh, I don't know it was I don't know, because my expectations were so low, it exceeded them. Oh my god, I don't know how it has a 7.1 on IMDb. Well, here's the thing. This is, I was trying to think, like, okay, to bring it back to an earlier quoted show, um, I feel like World War Z is to, like, the general population what the Big Bang Theory is to the general population regard, like, World War Z is to zombies what the Big Bang Theory is to geeks. I guess. Because that's the thing is, I know a lot of people who really liked World War Z and paid for it, and they are people who have never heard of Dawn of the Dead or Night of the Living Dead or anything like that. If their memories are fresh enough, they might remember 28 Days Later, but, like, they're not horror fans. So to them, this was, oh my god, a really scary movie. They're not who this movie was made for, and I'm not who this movie was made for. So I feel like if I think of it that way, as this is a mainstream action zombie movie... Um, that has not that is not made for me. Then I don't know. Then I can at least see some merits of it. Oh my gosh, M! Did you know? And actually, Erica, did you know Drew Goddard worked on the screenplay? Like Buffy, Drew Goddard, like Cloverfield, Drew Goddard, like Cabin in the Woods. Oh my Drew god, Goddard. I was thinking Drew Goddard yeah. was lost. Drew Goddard was Buffy. Drew Goddard. Yeah, why did that movie suck so awful? I, and why did I think one of these dudes did so much TV? I'm obviously confused. I strike that from the record. Well, Damon Lindelof was also brought in, and he... Yeah. <laughs> You're right, though. It felt, it felt episodic. It was, it was not paced well. Right, and the thing is that, I mean, it had it actually been trying to do what the book did, it should have felt episodic. But you don't feel like they were trying to do that at all. You feel like they were taking the idea of glow-popping and going from going trying to cram in a bunch of different countries yeah but the but i mean the thing is with you know a a book has is a different form of real estate than a movie in a film you have even you know a film like this at most you have two hours a book you have that book is probably like over 400 pages and so you could deal with north korea in three pages and it's really memorable and really interesting there's no way you can do that in a film which is fine, but don't try to, which is kind of what they do. Yeah. I don't know. So it, it was, I don't know, it was bad, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. I guess. All right. So that's, uh, that's all of what I've been watching. What we shall do, ladies, we shall take a quick break. Okay. And whence we return, we are going to go back in time, folks. 
We're going back in time to a time when we were all very young, when the world was different, bit of a cold war going on, um, when, you know, the, we wanted, needed to believe in something, and that's something that we needed to believe in was Supergirl. We'll be right back. I was really torn because I was once Christine picked Thor. I'm like, ooh, what could we do? I'm like, ooh, we could do adventures and babysitting because there's a Thor connection. Or, you know, I haven't watched Supergirl since I was a kid. And I, I don't know. I'm really curious how it will play. That would be a good, like, you know, feminine pick and stuff. So uh, let's go Supergirl. I should know. And that I, was the I, worst I, mistake you've ever made. Um, Fuck this movie hard ah. in a way <laughs> that it doesn't enjoy it. Oh, yeah, I agree. Like, with a, a condom that is, um... Oh, no, no, with one that's, like, got itching powder on it. Wow, you're serious. That's how I feel about this. Yeah. This was not a good choice. And I apologize to you, Erica. No, apologize I- I'm to you glad that you did it. Are you? Yeah, because it was really fun to make fun of this movie. And it'll be really fun to make fun of it again in a few minutes. <sighs> All right, well, I did. I did get a lot of knitting done during it. I'm glad. See, it look like at me. nine oh, hours long. Dude, <sighs> what is wrong with this movie? Okay, well, the original theatrical cut was apparently 105 minutes. I mean, uh, this one is 400 minutes, this right? This is 400 minutes, um, <laughs> a.k.a. 124. But, okay, it's sort of like how, like, real time versus Supergirl time. Like, Supergirl, remember, like, she's traveling thousands of light years at a short amount of time. It yeah, works from in inner reverse. space to outer space. It works in reverse when you're watching it. This might say 124 <laughs> minutes, people, but this movie, I tell you, is actually nine hours and 17 minutes long. <laughs> okay. First and foremost, if you like this movie, like for realsies, please let us know because I don't understand. I was so ready to enjoy this movie. Yeah, because like for four seconds, it's not bad. For four seconds, when you got Peter O'Toole being so drunk, in, like being drunk and dressed in so like silver lame and like flirting or being gay, I don't know, but either way, it was great. Like when you start your movie with Peter O'Toole doing that kind of stuff, you've got me. I'm there. I'm in. Should we synopsize this, or should we just no, not? Oh, yeah, do it, do it. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I can. I think you can. Um, ooh, all right. 
I got so many problems with this movie, though. I, I don't know if I, I could... do. You want me to try? <laughs> try, yes. Erica, okay. Erica, please do it. I don't think I was as offended as by it as you guys were, but I was also knitting the whole time. So, um, were you knitting a noose? No, a scarf. <laughs> but you know, could be used that way. It could be. Um, so essentially, well, here here's what I gathered from it from my partial watching um so there's supergirl and she's on her home planet and um there's this guy who's like turning thing like making i guess it's kind of like a pencil it's almost like he's drawing things and then bringing them to life with this little ball it's kind of like harold and the purple crayon okay um (laughs) okay so yes it's like harold and the purple crayon Uh and um then he gives the pe- the purple crayon to Supergirl, and she makes this dragonfly thing. And then he surreptitiously rolls her the ball to make it come alive, and she fucks everything up in that one yep. moment. Yep. And um, the dragonfly f- flies out into space through the very thin plastic window that Ooh, you think that was a good idea. Yeah, you think they'd have better windows on that it's like space if you're station. Your house, like exterminated. Like this is not even that thing. Yeah. Um, and the the very powerful ball that they need to keep their entire community alive and thriving flies out into space mm-hmm. um, and it lands on Earth and she basically goes to Earth to try and find it. Oh, and, is that uh, what she goes to Earth to do? Because I thought she went to Earth I was, to flirt yeah. with an idiot. I thought she went to Earth to go to school. Yeah, to go to yeah, school. No, she only went to, to Earth to go to school for about 10 minutes until they decided that that's not what the movie was about anymore. Apparently. And then, then there was a fucking stupid or a thousand minutes. Well, she goes to Earth and like it's like, oh my god, I have to get to Earth and save my people because remember, like most of them are dead anyway because they're already being killed. So well, there is like a colony of us alive. I have to get. Emily, to Earth. did they ever explain though why they were there, how they got there, how those Kryptonians end up? Know. Like they did. I just want to see if they did. They didn't, right? I don't. I don't remember. I because like Supergirl is do. legit Superman's cousin. She's like cousin. she yeah. says it ninety five well, times. Even and her parents, one of whom is Mia fucking Pharaoh, right? Even say like, oh, like you're my brother, Jor El. Like they they mention it where you get the family tree drawn from there. <laughs> but so she goes to Earth because she's got to save her people. Like seriously, it's not like oh, you know, I have to go and go to Washington and and bring my petition to Congress and hope that. You know, my my family gets to keep their house. No, I have to go find this magic ball because otherwise my people will die. So what does she do? She goes to Earth. She becomes a brunette. She goes to prep school for a week. And she beca- has a starts flirting with a dude who, how old was this guy supposed to be? And how old <gasps> is she supposed to be? That was, a, that was a huge issue within this film, though, because um, uh, what's-her-face's sister there, her Lois roommate, Lois Lane's sister, is hanging out with what's-his-face there, Jimmy Olsen. Jimmy Olsen. And that's not proper. Yeah, and then this, like, landscaper was, like, 45. Like, that's not yeah. cool. <laughs> because just a few years later, he would be the dude in Die Hard. He would be the... the he'd have a beard and he'd be in Die Hard. And he'd be... What? You yeah. just blew my fucking mind. Yeah, this, this movie's 1984. <laughs> Die Hard is, what, 88? Four years and he, later. And he's, like, like my dad in that movie. <laughs> he's putting the moves on Bonnie Bedelia. Oh, man. You guys are so angry. <laughs> this, this is a really angry okay. movie. We haven't even gotten to the thing that really pissed me off. Okay, so we talked about how when the movie first starts, it's kind of like, oh, this is so bad. 
you know what else isn't bad? The fact that the first person <laughs> build in this movie is Faye Dunway. Yeah, right. And I'm like, oh yeah, fucking A. Faye Dunway, man. Faye Dunway. Poor Faye Dunway. This was the period of time where Faye Dunway should have been fucking Meryl Streep, but instead kept doing movies that didn't understand how great she was, and as a result, she just kept on winning Razzies. Oh, she um, she's she's real weird in this movie. Like, I mean, that yeah. character is super weird. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And even um, we have a book here. Brandon has like a book that's like everything you ever needed to know about Superman, and it of course has a chapter on this movie. And it's just it has nothing kind to say except for one nice nice thing. It says Peter Cook emerges unscathed, which I agree with. Um, but it's yeah, like, he does. He like, the movie's really bad, especially with Faye Dunway doing whatever she's doing. Faye Dunway is doing whatever what she can. No, she's she's not nearly as embarrassed as she should be. Like yeah. she's she's going for it, and I, I totally respect that. And so is her little friend, um, Brenda Macaro. Yeah, I couldn't remember what her Christian name is. Like, <laughs> I kind of enjoyed her. Yeah, Brenda they Macaro or, or but, I enjoyed both of them. Well, uh, the friend more so. But didn't they, they seem like they should have been in a different movie? Yes. Okay. Everybody oh. in this movie should have been in a different. No, movie. everybody in this movie was in a different movie. Yes. <laughs> no one knew what movie they were in. No. <laughs> Nobody did. Um, um, <laughs> Emily, um, I thought of you. I don't know if, if Erica would laugh so hard at it, but I thought of you when the um, the uh, the dean or the principal or whatever it is. <laughs> he's so shitty. <laughs> and when, when she comes to the door, oh, what does she say? Oh, he, um, little Lois Lane's sister says, I'm not decent. And he says, you ne- and you never will be. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Why wasn't that the whole movie? If that was the tone of the whole movie. Yeah. It's not, though. Um, another great moment is um, when Supergirl comes to Earth after a 10-minute I can fly scene. Um, <sighs> one of the first people she meets, fucking Nat Frewer. Nat Frewer, Max Headroom. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the rape is okay. funny. First thing that happens, she's walking down the street and these two guys come up to her and they try to rape her. Yeah. And the best It's all in good fun. The best thing about this is when she says to them, Why are you doing this? And they say, It's just the way we are. (laughs) Line of dialogue in Supergirl, everybody. Line of dialogue in Supergirl. Nobody ever tried to rape Clark Kent. Am I wrong about that? No, I mean this this movie should have been like like a movie for like girls. But it's not that. That's the thing. Who is this movie made for? I don't know. There's some really... And I don't know if you, you guys can agree with this. There are some parts in it that really feel like the never-ending story for me. I kept huh. thinking, like, that's very never-ending. But, like, not in a good way. <laughs> well, um, the guy like, who wrote this... Um, this was written by... I can't find... Um, David O'Dell, who also wrote The Dark Crystal... Mm-hmm. And and this I could have told you just from because it's funny I was watching this and I was talking to Brandon about the oxy mega hedron thingy the magic ball let's call it and I'm like oh yeah because that's what you did if you were an 80s sci-fi fantasy film you had a magic magic ball thingy that somehow solved everything just like a little movie called Masters of the Universe also written yeah. by David Adele <laughs> definitely had yeah. a Masters of the Universe feel he was the magic ball guy. I don't know why I kept going never-ending story. Because she she beats up that, that big monster that you don't really see that's invisible. Well, And that felt like the nothing when the nothing <laughs> is coming. And then when she's flying and stuff, that really just felt like um, Bastion that. on Falcor. They're, I mean, they're just right flying over. Time. Yeah. 
flying over stock footage, so. Um, speaking about the invisible monster, um, according to um, very reliable sources, aka my fiance, uh, Monster was not really supposed to be invisible. Well, why was he then? Monster effects didn't look so good. Oh. So they were like, uh, you know what? Let's, uh, Helen, just punch the air. Punch, <laughs> punch the air. Kick, kick the air. Yeah, no, don't worry. Oh, no, it doesn't matter. We're, yeah, we'll uh, green screen him in later. Don't worry. Yeah, that tells you a lot about the movie, I think. Just a little bit. So this came after Superman 3, but before Superman 4. So Superman 3 is kind of controversial in its own right. Um, it terrifies me. I don't, I don't like Superman 3 because of the robot scene. Um, but because Superman 3 was kind of received pretty poorly, this movie ended up like switching studios. Basically, whoever was, I don't know if it was Warner Brothers or who, but whatever studio originally owned it as it was being made, like they finished filming and the studio was like, you know what? No, we, we're not going to, we don't need to release this. And then it eventually got shuffled over and then released upon a poor, undeserving public who, mankind sucks. I'm not saying we don't. We've done, you look at the history. We just like to rape race. people for no reason. We like to rape people. We like to kill people. We like to pollute the world. We suck. I get that. But we did not deserve Supergirl. <laughs> so bad. <sighs> Helen Slater was real good, though. She was fine. Um, again, a very thankless role. But, I mean, she's cute. She's perfect look. Um, and she's she's doing what she can. And she has a, a likable screen presence. Uh, even when she uses her magical powers to go brunette. She looks cute as a brunette. What are you talking about? I don't know. I think she looks... She did. She's one of the few... I feel like most women who are blonde can pull off dark hair usually even better. But I have to say, she kind of looked kind of blah with with dark hair. I think she's a better blonde. I think it was the style that you didn't really appreciate, not the color. Well, I'd like to tell you how you feel about things. Because (laughs) can we we talk about her love interest? Um... (laughs) Who, Do we what? have to? Oh, God. Well, the movie seems to think it's important since it gives us a good nine hours of them. So, God. the love interest, Doofy Gardner guy, who Faye fucking Dunway is also becomes obsessed with. Come on. Can you explain that to me, though? Can can either one of you no, explain that I to can't. me? I can't at all because Brenda Vaccaro's like, oh, look at that one. And Faye Dunway's like, eh. And then Faye Dunway's like, you will be mine. I but don't know. I didn't understand that. They weren't clear at all. I just, okay. I just thought she wanted to test out her love potion. I don't know. That's what I thought too. I don't. I don't know what happens. Also, that one. She so Faye Dunaway makes a love potion where she puts a a spider in a walnut, which is kind of fun. Yeah. And then well, um. We've all been there. I mean. Yeah. I mean, I like to see my own life depicted in film. But um, she's like, hey, the first person you fall you see, you're gonna fall in love with for like a day or until this gets opened or something. Until it gets opened, or Dude. presumably the spider dies. I guess. I don't know. I don't think that matters. But the, the dude walks around the town for, like, yeah. an hour and sees there a million people. Yeah. Like, and then... So, wait. Does it... Is it, like, who he, f- like, focuses on? I don't know. I guess they just I mean, weren't clear pretty blurry, I think. in the instructions. But let's talk about the fact that, like, okay, so Supergirl is blonde and wears a Supergirl costume. Uh-huh. Um, her name is also Supergirl. Her name is Supergirl. Uh, what is uh, her other name? Is Linda uh, Linda Lee. Linda Lee is brunette. And She's wearing a completely different outfit. And, okay, dude who is magically um, cursed to be in love with her can't tell the difference. And I get it. I know the whole, oh, nobody knows Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent. But, but Clark Kent it looks different when he's Clark Kent because Christopher Reeve acted differently. Because he's got... 
Chris Glass. really parted his hair and wore glasses, but also had a different demeanor. He stood differently. You can buy, and I, you know, it's one of those arguments you have to just give into. You can buy that somebody would not know that Clark Kent is Superman. I'm sorry. He's looking right in her face, and he's like, can you tell Supergirl that I love her? Well, at the end, they kind of implied that he got it. Oh, yeah, ten hours after the fact. Well, he got there eventually. They portrayed him as not smart. Yeah, they kind of portrayed her as not smart either, though. Because, like, you're fucking Supergirl. You come to Earth and you're stronger than everybody and you're hotter than everybody and you're going to waste time on this douche? Well, (laughs) and I think we'll get to this when we talk about Thor, but what is with these really cool people from faraway places hooking up with the first person they meet? Come on, yeah. I mean, I guess you can understand the whole, like, oh, I just, I don't know, they made me feel comfortable right away. I'm What? I'm just trying, okay? Um, I so, was, yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna say you you didn't understand this movie, right? Like the plot of it, right? Because I didn't. There's a magic ball, and Faye Dunaway wants well, it to rule the but, world. And okay, Supergirl so why does what's the deal with the guy? Why is there even the guy? I don't Peter understand Cook that. Or the dude. No, I get. I mean, I don't the necessarily dude. even understand why Peter Cook is there. But Peter Cook is there to give us something. God. But it doesn't make any sense because then, okay, so we're totally not even talking about and a math teacher, whichever. No, that's so. That's what I was gonna say. This movie's so serendipitous to the point where it's distracting. Yeah, there is no reason for him to be a teacher at her private school. And like, why does her roommate have to be Lois Lane's sister? And why is Jimmy Olsen there? And why does everybody know everybody else? Is this like? I actually didn't mind the Lois Lane thing. Because a it's the gr- it's Doris from Fame and the girl from Grease too, so I'm always happy to see her in anything. Uh, but I thought that was the one character that I, other than Peter Cook, who I did think was was kind of fun. And oh, like, she was she okay. I just didn't understand her point. No, I think it was just because they and originally Christopher Reeve was supposed to have an appearance in the movie. Um, I think scheduling, quote unquote, he read the script, kept him from actually doing it. So I, I maybe they decided, well, we're doing a super, we're do, essentially trying to do a Superman franchise movie, but we can't have Superman and we can't have Lex Luthor and we can't have Lois Lane. We can't have all these things that you need in a Superman movie. So this is our very tentative link to it. But it's we the, can have Jimmy Olsen. We can have the 12th build character in this movie. <laughs> and that, that worked for me until I thought about it was like, wait, but Jimmy Olsen, like, he's not an intern. Like, he works there. He's got to be in his 20s. These girls are 16. That's what I'm saying. It's like they were trying to shove stuff together yeah. to make it be this thing that it wasn't. Um, yeah. Although, also, it just if, if Faye Dunaway was supposed to be the Lex Luthor of this film, they really didn't know what they were doing. There was, like, this really weird... Um, I first said, oh, what did I say? It was really poignant and intelligent. Now I can't remember. <laughs> uh, that's what happens. But um, that she was like uh, like a witchy character and it got pointed out like the Wicked Witch. Well, like, she's a and that's, witch. That's like the whole point of it. Like, But literally like the Wicked Witch and, and, yeah. and Oz. Like, she's like narrating from afar and looking into something and seeing her do stuff. It's yeah, like, yeah. yeah. See, I appreciated that they had female a female villain. I think that was actually a really cool concept that we're going to have. This is the female superhero movie. She's going to be fighting a female villain. And it's and you're casting Faye Dunaway. You're casting an actress who is like the epitome of strong, strong female that you can put in a movie like this. The casting was perfect. The idea, I think, was great. 
but it's just it's so what's going on here so she's a witch but she needs math teacher slash warlock peter cook's help to do witch stuff until she finds a magic ball which well that could be that could have a lot of implications but they're not clear about any of what of the plot they're not clear no. about it no. um, at all and like there's just things that somebody it feels like somebody put in just because it was cool like for some reason she lives in an abandoned amusement park yeah what was that i was confused by that but it's like things like that that don't serve the plot just make you confused because it seems like it has to be there for a reason but then it isn't yeah yeah agreed other than it gives some cool set pieces and a cool this machine this ride is going on and on and and I mean, I think that was one of the scenes that was probably supposed to be shorter in a theatrical cut. That is like thirty-five minutes of them being trapped on a carnival ride. Yep. I feel like you know what though, carnival rides were big in the eighties. Remember the Care Bears movie? I absolutely do. Yeah, it ends with that. Which big, was like, better than this movie. Carnival. Yes. Yeah. So I'm just saying. I think that might have just been an eighties thing. <sighs> I, I I really could talk about this for six years, so I'm just going to stop talking. <laughs> Uh, the now there is I will have to point out patron Saint James LaGrosse might have some competition in the most appearances oh <laughs> why? But it, it is behind the scenes the music of this film yeah I did notice that Jerry Goldsmith yeah who also did everything ever made including bad girls yeah um, another music- fabulous movie <laughs> oh, this bad girls this made me want to watch bad girls instead and I did not care for bad girls this made me want to watch The Legend of Billie Jean so much. Made me want to watch The Big Bang Theory. <laughs> it just made me angry. I didn't like it. Although I did like that, um, like, the opening establishment of Faye Dunway and Peter Cook being that, like, these characters are so fucking awesome that they're having a picnic and they're, and instead of, like, a checkered blanket, they're on a white tiger skin rug. Hmm. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I saw that, and I'm like, okay, cool, cool. I see what we're doing here. And didn't get back to that kind of coolness at all. Nope. And there's, like, a bullying thing, kind of, but not really. But it, this is what I'm saying about it not yeah. making sense. Why did they yeah. even do that? Why did she even enroll in the school? It, it, like, she never even fucking went back. Like, like you, what was if, the point? If they had made this a geared more towards teenagers and done like she is 16 and she has to go to high school and done it like almost like a Buffy thing where you know she the other villain was a mean girl who was a witch or something like instead of this 16 year old alien girl kind of fighting a middle aged Faye Dunway because there's no she doesn't serve her her mission to enroll in school like no not at all she doesn't yeah, there's no point. There, oh my god, now that you're saying this, I'm getting even angrier. <laughs> yeah. There is absolutely nothing that she benefits from being in school. Other than, like, I guess she's trying to blend in, but she could have just worn a pantsuit and walked around and been an intern, and then she would have had all the time in the world to save her fucking planet instead mm-hmm. of going to math class and playing field hockey. Yep. <sighs> this was really upsetting. Yep. <laughs> I think this was easily the worst one we've done. Right? Yeah, I, I probably. I'd have to look, but yeah. Yeah. Um, the director of this, Janat Ruzvuk. Did you listen to the commentary? Was there a commentary? No. This, there's a fucking. I, I listened to some, like the beginning of it. How do you say his name? Because it, it is spelled S Z W A R C. 
Jesus. I think he made that up. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't think that's how you spell any name. Sure. I, I don't know. I can pronounce it backwards. If it was, if I could read it backwards, it'd be cross. <laughs> I don't think that counts. Forward I don't know. He is claiming some visionary shit. If you listen to it, like. Oh, bet. Yeah, well. But yeah, well, the guy who directed Jaws 2 knows his visionary shit. I'll give you that. He also directed a lot of episodes of Smallville, not so surprisingly. Hmm. All right, so, I, I, Erica, do you have anything else? How did you feel about <laughs> this? Did it, make, did it make you angry? Um, it didn't make me as angry as you guys. I, I, like I said, I, I managed to get a lot accomplished during it, and I kind of just dazed in and out, and I was like, oh, she's, she's flying again. <laughs> it it just seemed really long and and like nothing was really going on and when I did pay attention I didn't understand uh-huh. why things were happening but I'm realizing now that even if I had been nope. paying attention I wouldn't you I wouldn't still wouldn't know why things I, were happening I stared at this movie I really wanted to understand <laughs> it and I couldn't understand it <sighs> I was watching it um, I was watching it alone and then I think Brandon came home in like the last 30 minutes or no, it wasn't even. It was like the movie had 10 minutes left. And he walks in and he's like, oh, how are you liking it? I'm like, it's still going. This movie has been on for 12 hours. It's never yeah. going to end. It took me two sittings. I couldn't get through it at once. I, don't, I, you know, if I had broken it up, I don't think I would have been able to come back to it. I made lunch in the middle. See? I mean, you got to take a break. Yeah. Do you know sure. the director also directed, like, that Santa Claus movie with Dudley Moore? No. I love that movie in a terrible way. I bet he must have some kind of like Dudley Moore, Peter Cook friendship going on. <gasps> oh, yeah. I wonder if like Dudley Moore was like, uh, you know, I, I like he got the script of Supergirl and he was like, you know, I don't I don't think it's for me. Why don't you give it to the, my friend Peter? He loves this kind of thing. And Peter Cook was like, yeah, Supergirl. And then he didn't actually read it. And then he yeah. said, he's like, oh, God, bring me some liquor. <laughs> I like to think everybody was drunk on the movie. Peter no, O'Toole was totally he, drunk. He was. He was so... Peter O'Toole was like not even hiding it. Like, he's just standing there with a flask the entire movie. Just because looking at the camera like, can you believe he's, I'm doing this? He's like third build, right? I think so, yeah. So, even though he's third build, I mean, he's... He, he like, is in it twice, basically. He's in it right at the beginning. And I'm all right, maybe he's a little drunk. He shows up again, and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There was way too much downtime on that set. Yup. Oh, yeah, and he's the one, again, like, he's he's fine because he's Peter O'Toole. He really can't do anything bad. But he's the one that I, like, other than Faye Dunway, who I feel bad more bad for because I feel like this was a really dark period in her career, um, it's just hard to watch Peter O'Toole, who's so good, stuck in this movie. <sighs> it was rough. Oh, yeah, this dude also directed uh, a bunch of uh, episodes of Fringe. Okay. Which I'm currently watching. Hmm. Hmm. Um, Does that go on for 39 hours uh, an episode also? Well, I don't... I'm trying... I'm looking at the the names of the episodes he directed, and I don't know. None of them are really standing out to me. They... But that's the thing with T... I mean, it's... There's... You go in, obviously, film directors direct TV. I mean, there's, like, that Tarantino episode of ER, and there's that... um, Ryan Johnson episode of of Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. and you can see their marks are on it, right. but like there's not. I I don't want to say there's not too much they can do. I mean they can do stuff, but there's already the characters are set. Like you can't do too much crazy shit. So yeah, I don't think he's. Well, and you're, I mean you only have a week essentially to do it. So yeah, I don't think this dude popped on the set of Fringe and was like, let me fuck all this up and make it make no sense. <laughs> 
let's undo everything. This episode's gonna be seven hours long, and two sentences are gonna be spoken along. It's gonna be terrible. Every minute Oof. of it. Except for the you want it, you, your cookies on there. You, um, you want to grade it, or you want to keep going? Because I could probably keep going, but we should tie this up. Uh, sure, let's grade it. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Who would like well, to go first? I think quality Erica should go film. first. Quality of film, Erica. Uh, quality of film, you, you you grade one to ten, right? Grade one to ten. Yep. I don't know if that matters, though, because... <laughs> um, <laughs> I will give it, like, a 4.5. All right. Because it's definitely lower than average, but I didn't hate it as much as you guys did. All right. Qu- quality of yeah. film, Emily. Um, I think the music was okay. <laughs> For a, a 1984 movie, the effects I've seen worse. Um, but everything else about it made me angry. I'm going to go quality of film. I'm going to go 3.25. Okay. I'm going to go 3. Yeah. Now, quality of life improved upon by this movie. <laughs> um, me first. <laughs> you first. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling I'm going to go higher than you guys again, just because I really got a lot of knitting of this scarf. That's a Christmas <laughs> gift done. I really, really made some great progress on it. Um, so I'm going to go with the six because I, f- I feel good that I got a lot of knitting done. Oh, good. It was a good solid two hours of knitting, which is hard to come by. That every movie should be judged on that level. <laughs> how much knitting did how I? How much knitting did you do? The the less knitting you do, the better the film was. <laughs> I can see that. Um. Okay. Quality of life by this movie, I'm saying a two. See, this is now. I know our rating system is set up to to tackle this problem, but now I'm running into a problem. I hate this movie, but I had so much fun hating it. Oh yeah, it's a hard one. So, like, like a two, but really like an eight. Right, right, right. Because <laughs> I had a lot of fun hating it. I can understand that. Yeah. For me, like, I, I mean, you know me. I like bad movies. I like a bad movie. It gets me writing so much faster than a good movie yeah. does. This movie was one of, because it's boring for me, and that is the mark of death on a movie, this yep. movie just sucked the life out of me and made me very sad. I don't know. So I'm going to have to give it three grades. You get three grades from me. That worked. <laughs> A three, a two, and an eight. (laughs) (laughs) So we are going to take a quick break, and once we come back, we are going to discuss Thor. Ow, see, it doesn't work. Why did it hurt you, though? Because I'm trying to find the sweet spot of the word, and it's not there. Thor. 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 (laughs) Now you're just lisping. I saw Thor there, thing. All right, we'll be right back, folks. Inspiring thing. Oh, I just can't. 
No one's saying do this. Welcome back. As we now go to on a little trip, we hop in our rainbow portals and uh, take a little walk to Asgard for 2000 and what year? 11. Nine? 11, 2011's Yeah. Indeed. Now, ladies, I know you both have quite a history with this movie, do you not? Um, um I don't know if it's so much a history yeah. just of <laughs> Do you have a history with it or <laughs> <laughs> No, uh I guess my history would consist of me going, Hey, Mike, who's my boyfriend, let's go see Thor in IMAX and he was like, Okay and then we went to see it and I didn't really have expectations or like any previous knowledge of it aside from like i don't know whatever i i never like read thor comics or anything i just knew that he was a dude and he was a god and he was from another planet or someplace else in the universe and um so i guess i just i guess my point is that i didn't really have like any expectation for it i was just like oh the new marvel movie's out let's go see it and then i fucking fell in love with it and named my cat after his hammer and have the hugest crush on chris hemsworth ever so that's my history. I mean, you named your cat after the movie. That's I did. My kitten is Mirner. She is. Uh-huh. Mirner. And now, Christine, what is your non-history with the movie then? Since I don't have a history. Um, well, I... I oh, shush. I've <laughs> seen um, all of the, like, the Marvel movies. These, I mean, what you would consider these... These films, yeah, proper films. Yeah, well, I mean, the lead-up films, and, and, I mean, I didn't, like, basically, I didn't see Fantastic Four in the th- in the theater. If I said that, I'd be lying. But, like, this this wave of the Marvel films, yeah. I saw, I've seen them all in the theater. I went to see this at midnight. Um, I hated it. <laughs> um, I thought it was terrible. I thought every time they were in, a- were in Asgard, it was so fucking boring. Um, it just was the most terrible thing. I was so disappointed. And then... I watched it again, and I thought it was the best thing ever. <laughs> and and um, I have, this is, I think, I was meant to count. I think this might be the 11th time I've watched it now. Um, I really like it. Uh, it rivals Iron Man as the best uh, Marvel film. Um, it's uh, awesome. Okay. <laughs> I have a little, I have um, a Loki helmet sticker on my car. Oh, I have a, I have a Mirner sticker on my car. We could yeah, be and we could. Guys, stop it! It's freaking me out. <laughs> <laughs> so there I you go. Way too excited about that, by the way. No, that's <laughs> I was like, pretty, oh, pretty exciting. Oh. I was like, something else. Christine and I have in common. <laughs> We're like two halves of a whole. It's true. Like Thor and Loki. Exactly. Aww. <laughs> Aww. And I have, I have a Mjörner. Because I have the Thor half, and I have Mjörner. Uh, I saw this. I wasn't, didn't see. I don't think I saw any of the Avengers movies in the theater. Because you're lame. I am a little. I'm a little lame. I'm not gonna. Well, you were, you were, you were slow to to jump on that. I was very slow. I the only reason I ever really decided to see all of them was because Joss Whedon did the Avengers. Yeah. Um, and now, now I have such a little desire. Even though I would like to see the Avengers two when it comes out, I really don't want to sit through Iron Man three and. Even uh, Thor 2 I could kind of do, but, like, I have no desire for the next Captain America movie and all the other ones. <gasps> but that one looks so good. Looks Are you crazy? So oh, my God. Good. Oh, 
oh, the Winter like, Soldier, and man. Half of the footage is stuff Joss Whedon shot for the Avengers and didn't use, right? Yeah, um, I think so. Yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, I hope I they use that one thing. thing on the subway. But, um, no, what are you talking about? Winter Soldier looks so fucking good. And Emily, they cast Elizabeth Olsen as the Scarlet Witch. Oh, come on, yeah. come on! Dreams can come true. Yes. <laughs> pressure on me. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, should we give a little synopsis of this one? I guess. Which Which one of you would like to go? Erica can do it. <laughs> um, I don't know why I did that so childlike. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, so we have, we start the movie, um, with, well, I guess it was, there's kind of two starts. I always forget which one comes first, but well, well we have, yeah, to, it, it you, like you meet, wraparound thingy. you meet, um, Jane and Eric and Darcy first. Yeah. So there's, right? no, you get the voiceover first and then you get them, right? And then I you get them. Them. Yeah. Um, you kind of get an introduction to Asgard from, um, Odin from, Thor's father. Um, and then you basically meet these three scientists who are looking into these anomaly I can't say anomalies, anomalies um, that are happening in the sky. Um, and they're super fun, you know, Natalie Portman and Stellan Skarsgård and Kat Dennings, whom I love. And uh, so they're out checking out something, they're getting crazy readings, blah, 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 and this man falls out of the sky, and it's Thor because he has been cast out of Asgard um, because he went to go and try and fight the frost giants when his father told him not to. Um, so he kind of gets in trouble and gets punished and gets sent to Earth. Um, and then the film is essentially, I mean, you find out that his brother is not who he really is and it's Thor trying to get back home and save Earth from his brother. Now, let's talk about Anthony Hopkins or Odin's style of parenting. <laughs> because on one hand, it's really great. He, he adopts um, Loki and raises Steals. him as his own son. Steals, Takes. adopts, whatever. I'm sure there was paper. It's like black market babies. Like, if you're raising them well, I don't know. Anyway, that's a whole other story. But so he raises him, and Loki has no idea that he is not of Odin's blood. But they grow, the boys grow up believing them both to be princes, and Anthony Hopkins, all throughout their childhood, is like... Your English okay. just got real pretty, Emily. My, my, my... Well, Anthony Hopkins <laughs> raising his sons, and he's like, one day, one of you will be king, but not both of you, only one of you, but you both better try hard. But only one of you will be king, that's right. One out of the two. So, I'm sorry, but... I'm not a parent, so maybe I don't know these things. But if I were a parent, I think the one thing I would try not to do is to foster such competition between my two children. But you are not a Norse guard, a god parent either. Things are true, different there. True. But like, what do you expect your the younger child to do to, or not the younger? Because it's not quite clear how Thor ended up being like the chosen one at the time. Aren't you, don't you kind of think like, well, if, if two boys grow up thinking they're going to be king and one of them is not king, you have to plan for that and for to have that kid have a backup career and everything. And I really think Odin dropped the ball there. Bothered me the first time I watched it, bothered me this time watching it. Uh, I, that never bothered me. I'm sorry you feel that way. Okay. Um... <laughs> 
are, I have a feeling that's going to be a lot of, no, I, I like this movie, but I do have a few issues with it. Should I get well, those out of the way so that... You probably should because I don't have anything negative to say. Basically, I'm just going to shit on the new movie. Okay. Point out why that's terrible and this is good. All right. I have, I guess, two issues that I would like to bring up with Thor. Okay. Uh, one being that um, the character of Loki, I think, ha- is is a very good... Tom Hiddleston's amazing. And we remember him from... Oh, uh, what was it? The, the Deep Blue Sea. And he is yep. great in this. He really is. My problem is, I kind of feel cheated in a way by his character turning into a villain when he does in the movie. Because what you find out is there has been a breach, basically, in Asgard early on. Where, um, the very beginning of the movie, some frost giants sneak into Asgard and it's like, ooh, how'd they get in? Somebody had to let them in. Eventually, this isn't that much of a spoiler alert. Eventually, we find out that it was actually Loki, and he was like, I was just being naughty. But now I mean business. I feel like there is some, and maybe it was purely a matter of time, but that Loki, and my understanding of just the word Loki and where that character comes from, is that he's supposed to be mischievous and everything. I don't get that at all until the movie decides that he is. So I feel like all through the beginning, I just kind of feel bad for him because he just seems like the put-upon younger brother. And then he finds out his own backstory, and then he's like, oh, and I also let them into Asgard. And I just, that's one decision that I don't buy. Um, I think that was a, just a, a decision, um, filmmaking-wise, to not throw it all at us all at once, to not so that we don't know that he is, you know, the trickster. Um, I mean, from the jump, somebody let them into Asgard and from the jump it was Loki they just didn't tell us right away it's not like he just decided he found out that he he was um you know Luffy's son and decided to be a jerk like he was always doing that he just wanted to fuck with Chris Hemsworth and I'm not gonna go off on a Loki tangent because I really could because they really I understand what they did in the Avengers they had to do it in the Avengers they needed a bad guy he's a bad guy but in this movie he is a gray character yes which is he is not really interesting he, he's not a good guy at all, but he, I mean, you totally understand. He, he, he wanted to ruin Thor's big day, but then he gets real, real pissed when he finds out he's been lied to his entire life. Yeah. And he's not necessarily trying to destroy the world. He's also trying to bring the, his people back to power and everything. The, his mm-hmm. motives do make sense once you learn them. And again, they are interesting because they're gray. My other issue with this movie is, and this is the thing is, if you watch this movie on its own, as if it were just this movie named Thor came out, um, you would probably leave this movie thinking, or as you're watching it, feel as though, okay, the movie's a little long, and it's not that long. It's, this is one of the only Avengers movies to be under two hours. Um, but you think about all the S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff, if you will, and it's hard to reconcile with this story. There is so much time devoted to the facility of S.H.I.E.L.D. and them taking the hammer and taking Jane's books and everything, and nothing actually comes of it, really. Now, when you view it as part of the Avengers universe, it fits in, and it's actually really important. Just is gives more information about S.H.I.E.L.D. than a lot of the other ones and helps to really build this as a storyline in this, what, eight-movie series and going. Mm-hmm. But on its own, 
it makes the, the stuff drag quite a bit. And this time watching you it, think? even yeah. And the thing is, I love and I watch Agents of Shield. I love Clark Gregg. I love Agent Coulson, and he gets some great moments in this. But if you were to watch this movie isolated as its own movie, there's just so much unnecessary stuff that I think I really feel like takes away from the Loki stuff and like the the main storyline of this movie. See, I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I, don't, I can't true. see it. I can't see it that way because the Shield stuff does interest me because right. it is part of the other eight films. Yeah. Um, and you know, you get Jeremy Renner, you get Hawkeye in that. Um, and then, on a silly note, you also get Chris Hemsworth in a t-shirt in the rain, which is never <laughs> yeah, wasted time happening. to me. <laughs> we're all ladies here. With the, <laughs> yeah, we're all into that. So I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, I didn't think. I mean, I get that maybe. Um, and it can be argued that I guess that Hawkeye was completely superfluous and, and not unnecessary, but I mean, I, I personally don't think so. I think his two lines are actually really good lines. So, you know, we only has two lines. Yeah, but they were good. <laughs> and, um, also it, it, this is, this is now, we're now at a point where the, the Avengers is going to fucking happen yeah. and you need, like, you can't just drop Hawkeye on people. And you can't just drop shield on people. Like you need to get them more established. Um, so it's oh, yes. necessary, it's, it's but necessary I don't. Necessary for the overarching series. But I don't. I don't. I didn't. I don't know if I even when I the first time I watched it when I didn't like it. Like I didn't dislike that. Hmm. I, I I didn't have a problem with that because. Yeah. Do you mean like when when Coulson goes into the, into the into the the prison thingy after after Loki's there and talks to him, like do you mean around roundabouts that time I kind of mean the whole, well even before that when I really at the entire shield storyline in this movie like when they come and take Jane's stuff yeah and he's like you, thank you for your cooperation take out anything shield related and you would still have a, a movie and but shield is the catalyst for the film because Jane would have never went and got Thor to go to the, you know, they would have never hung out to go to that compound to get the hammer if if they didn't take her stuff. But did they ever need to? Because Loki's doing what what's happening on Asgard has so little to do with Earth. Exactly. They're two concurrent storylines. But they have nothing, but they're separate. Like, yeah, I'm, and as I'm saying this, I'm not necessarily like advocating the movie like somebody does a re-edit where they take out all the S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff. I'm just kind of looking at it that way as like, what what about this movie doesn't, do I not love the way most other people who really love the movie do? And I think for me, it's that. I think it's that I kind of feel like there's two movies in this movie. No, absolutely there are. Yeah. But we can talk about the good stuff. Let's talk about the good stuff. What do <laughs> I like about this movie? I mean, Ray Stevenson is in this movie. I fucking love oh, Ray I Stevenson. And he um, plays a, a, a chubby, like, dwarf. Like the Warriors three and Lady Sif are fucking awesome in this. Mm -hmm. um, there's deleted scenes that show even more of them. Oh, nice! Uh, I love them. I think they do a really They're nice great. job with all, them. All of them are great. I think that I don't know. Erica, you liked um, the uh, the second Thor movie, right? I did. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't at all. Um, I thought it was okay, um, but. My, one of my big problems is I really enjoy The Warriors 3. You tell me, oh, they're going to be in this new movie, too. But they're really not. Um, one of the strengths of this of this Thor movie is that they all have established personalities. Like, 
They don't they have that on, in the second movie. I can oh, see that. No, that's a shame. They come on screen, and you're like, yeah, like they did little like little things. Like we know Lady Sif. We we get Hogan. Like we get them, but they there's none of that in the second one. And I know it's tough. You're this has got a pretty big cast, um, and of characters that are actually doing work on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, but the second one loses that, and I think I think once you. For me, seeing the second one and then watching this one again makes me appreciate this one even more. All the stuff this one does right. Mm. Like, taking these four characters, these four side characters, these four sidekicks, and actually giving them personalities. Yeah. So, now, that, I think, was good. This one, Thor was directed by Kenneth Branagh. Uh, yeah. Thor 2 was directed by um, Alan Taylor, who directs, directs, has directed some very good Game of Thrones episodes. How did you guys feel about the direction of it it felt like um this is again not to keep doing this it felt like a fucking tv show did it i didn't get that i don't know i don't i personally didn't have any criticisms of thor 2 but i i did only see it i don't know i don't know why i didn't but now i'm second guessing myself because i know that (laughs) i know how much you love the first i didn't see the movie but i can guarantee you it's much better than supergirl true Mm -hmm. Um, let me say let me say this about that about the about the second one. Um, I I don't really care about, about Thor and Jane's relationship at all. That to me is not really an important part of the first one. Um, but I didn't dislike Jane. They didn't give me something to dislike. The second one, Jane is a nag. She is a bitch. She is in the way. She is complaining. She fucking, you're in front of Odin. Show some respect. Like, I don't understand. Like, she's this terrible, terrible character. And she wasn't like that. Um, That's annoying. Um, Luffy isn't really the, I guess he's the villain in Thor, but Loki's more the villain. You can't, you can't beat Loki. You give me Christopher Eccleston and like too much makeup and I'm bored. Like, I don't, I'm not even seeing him act. He's not doing anything. Um, yeah, the the stuff with Darcy. Like everybody loves Darcy and, and Thor. I do too. I think she's great. So give her more work to do in the second one. But she's not even funny. All her 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 bits are unearned. Like it's just like oh laugh at laugh at laugh at on this broad Cat Denning too. She's hot and you like her. Like, okay. I think Anthony Hopkins is really good in Thor. I think that he's boring in the second one. That's something I love about this is that Anthony Hopkins is. I mean, he's treating this movie just like he would treat any other movie. And I think it elevates everything around him in Thor. That Anthony Hopkins, who is a great actor, and I mean, I've had issues with some of his performances, but he's the kind of actor that, like, like an Ian McKellen, where you say his name and you're like, oh, he's good. And in this movie, he, you could tell he is treating this movie as deeply and importantly as as he would treat Shakespeare. And it really does help elevate, I think, all of the Asgard stuff because you have fucking Anthony Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, him and Chris Hemsworth play off each other really well. And those oh. scenes of the two of them are very powerful and sad and, and good. Um, yeah, and, and this is kind of like it, a goofy subject matter, but it right. manages to, stu- to not be goofy. Um, and unfortunately, I feel like in, in the second one, it is a little goofy. Also, I will I will put this out there for, to Erica. Um, Lady Sif in the first one is like awesome and strong and like fights next to Thor and it's great. And you're like, yeah. Um, but in the second one, it's like 
Lady Sif's kind of there, and then Jane shows up in Asgard, and she keeps giving her dirty looks. But I, like, but I took, I, from the first one, I took away that Lady Sif kind of wanted to be with Thor. Really? I never got that. I, oh, I absolutely did. I felt that in the first one, which just then in the second one, I was like, yeah, of course she doesn't like Jane because she totally wants to be with Thor. And she, Emily, did you get that? Um, no, I mean, I guess I felt like just because Lady Sif in the first film, film has that one conversation with, um, Thor's mom. Renee Russo. So you yeah. kind of gather that, like, I felt like she was probably closer to Thor than the other three were. Yeah. Like, I didn't I didn't get any romantic anything at all. I I just was like, do really, you get two broads in a movie, they have to give each other dirty looks because there's a guy around? Like, that's what we're reduced to? I think it I just feel like in Asgard, like, that was the expectation. <laughs> like, the Asgardians like were like... That. <laughs> in Asgard. I, in Asgard, the Asgardians were under the impression that one day Thor and Lady Sif would hook up and get together. And when that, I feel like... They would produce super babies. No, they and would. I think that might have even been a thing in the books. Um, that's the... And I, mean, I, totally, that's, that's the I totally get that, but I didn't get that from the first one. If I didn't feel like anybody planted that seed with me for it to pay off that way in the second one. Maybe it was me projecting then, because <laughs> I like Lady Sif better than... Oh Natalie my gosh, Portman. me too, me too. Come on, if you're going to pick one. Pick but, one. Well, yeah, but, I. so maybe it was me projecting, but I, I did come away with that from the first one. I was like, oh, I just, like, I think that they're supposed to be together, and now he found someone else, and that's not going to be good for her. Well, I mean, at least that worked for somebody then. Because I'm sure you're not the only one. <laughs> just, that, that... just me. I'm, I'm no, I'm sure one. you're not the only one, but it, it's good because I totally, I was like, eh. No, why are you doing this? Um, but yeah, and then you know, now that we're talking about Doctor Who so much, because we brought up um, Chris Eccleston, actually, I feel like in the second one, Natalie Portman had a very like bad wolf thing about her. Yes, like it felt like that's what they were going for, and now damn, that was kind of interesting. That uh, they could have done something interesting with that, and I don't think they did. And they didn't. No, and uh, I, I. I guess now that I'm thinking more about it, my I guess the one criticism I did kind of come away with, but I eventually let go of it because I was just enjoying the movie, was how that came to be when she like found the box. And I was like, you fucking idiot. Can you stop poking the scary box that's in another dimension that you just stumbled into? See, and that's a really good point because in this movie, I feel like, I mean, I, I get it. It's Natalie Portman. But she came off like like a geeky, excited scientist. And in the second one, she is not that anymore. She is like, Thor, where were you? Why didn't you call me? That one time you were saving New York City. (laughs) Well, I was (laughs) sort of busy. I get in trouble a lot because I sometimes really don't like Natalie Portman. Um, But I actually really like her casting in the first one. And I, like, because the whole thing is you're casting a female, a hot female scientist, which we have seen what happens usually in movies. It gives us Tara Reader, Denise Richards wearing glasses and a bun. And with Natalie Portman, I can see I see this the class of movie that you're watching. <laughs> well, yes, obviously. <laughs> but I like that in this one they don't need to do that to Natalie Portman and I still believe she's a scientist because you know, she can, you know, in real life Natalie Portman's pretty smart and she can mm. project that as an actor. I you know, she's Absolutely. still adorable and a little button cute and yet when she's saying things about physics, I totally buy them coming out of her mouth. And then she stops saying them in the second one like she's not 
that passionate scientist anymore. There's so many like little science rants in this movie. It's great. And you're like, yeah. And she seems genuinely excited about, you know, everything. Oh, yeah, and that's awesome. Life in the first movie. Now, and I don't get that. Do they establish in the second movie if Thor and, and Jane have sex? Because in the first one, they, they don't. There's no time to. They barely have, like, a kiss at the end, and you're kind of like, oh, wait, you're together? Okay. Like, I don't know. I kind of feel like their their relationship is only no, because there is, like, I, because they don't together. But do they have sex? Because I want to know what it's like with Thor. Erica, well, there's plenty. <laughs> I can point you to plenty of fan fiction on the Thor internet. Thor has a Mjorner. I feel uh, like that could hurt her. If you really want to read some, yeah. I can show you where it is. <laughs> but I don't... Erica, correct me if I'm wrong. The, the you know... They, they, he can't get back to Earth, and then he goes back to Earth in the Avengers, and he doesn't see her. And then the next yeah. time he sees her is this movie, so they wouldn't have been able to. Yeah, there was. This, they wouldn't have had sex, Emily. So okay, I'm sorry. You. I needed to know these things. Oh, I'm curious. Have you read the IMDb trivia for the Dark World? I haven't, Emily. I have have you? Um, okay, so there's this piece of trivia, which I'm wondering how much of it plays into the issues that you're having with Natalie Portman in the second film. I will read it to you now. Um, you. It says, in late 2011, Patty Jenkins was officially announced as director for this film. In December 2011, she backed out of the product project due to creative differences. Natalie Portman was reportedly so upset that talks between Marvel and Patty Jenkins broke down that she refused to return for the sequel, but she was forced to return due to her contract. <gasps> so I Crazy. wonder how much of it was like, I don't want to be on this movie because I don't like my director. I don't want to do this. And how much of it was the actual writing? Oh, Patty hmm. Jenkins is the one who did um, Monster. Oh, oh, okay, okay. I knew that name sounded familiar. Because, yeah, I'm trying to figure out who, what, what she did. And, I mean, mostly TV stuff and then the Charlize Theron Monster. That's a really interesting choice for... I'm, um, I'm going to say that this, this would have been a better movie had it had a different director. Thor 2, not Thor. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. sorry. Thor 2. Sorry, I Kenneth- forgot what movie I was talking about. <laughs> Kenneth Branagh was great. I love Kenneth. Oh yeah, Branagh. he yeah. did. He did an amazing job. It's Thor. 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 Regular Thor is is beautiful and great. And the thing and about what, Thor is it it could have been so bad. It could have been Supergirl. If you think about what you have going on, this with Thor, this should have been the hardest one to do. This should have been. This could have easily been the worst of the Avengers. This, in a lot of ways, if this was that bad, it could have really hurt the potential of the Avengers itself. Um, especially once, I mean, whether or not the Loki being the villain in the Avengers was always the plan or whether they decided that after this movie kind of had reception, I don't know. But if this movie was a bomb or just was really bad, I feel like that would have seriously affected the franchise. And just the very fact that you're dealing with, um, a rainbow bridge, a, a rainbow bridge and a magic world. And you're dealing with a, unlike, you know, Hulk and Captain America, they're all, like, dudes who got turned into something bigger. Like, no, Thor is a Norse god. Like, it's such a different... Yeah, but he's an alien in this. Yeah, but true, true. Once we bring him down to Earth. But I'm just, I'm just saying. Yeah, but, like, to know. me, the potential of this movie to suck was so Oh, high, yeah. Which it should have. Like, just the fact that it's... That, that fact that it was even... De- like, I mean, I do think it was really good. And of the Avengers movies, um, I... I I don't know where my, my rankings are all skewed, so I don't know. But it's up there for me of the Avengers movies. Um, but it just, the, but when you think of like what it should, what it could have been versus what it is, it's just such a, like, it's so impressive along those lines, I think. And a lot of that's the casting. 
Chris Hemsworth, I agree. other than being yeah. exceedingly hot, is fantastic as Thor. Well, he is Thor. Like, there is no one else to play that role. There, There is no other Thor now. Well, I mean, you know who some of the people who auditioned were? No, but will you tell trivia. me? Uh, well, Tom Hiddleston was what was originally uh, yeah. auditioned for Thor. And, like, it was very quickly after his audition that Kenneth Branagh was like, nope, you are Loki. Um, but the other, it was down to, supposedly, when it came to Thor, it was down to Chris Hemsworth. And a, another man who went on to be in a franchise named Liam Hemsworth. Yep. Yep. It was down to the two brothers. I, well, I'm sorry. I don't really like Liam Hemsworth as much. Oh, he is. Ha, Erica has dubbed him the lesser Hemsworth. Because he is the lesser Hemsworth. And I, that, that is the only way I can refer to him now. I don't call him Liam anymore. I generally call him the lesser Hemsworth. <laughs> um, I also, people also say to me Thor's brother. So that's funny. <laughs> Thor's brother. Yeah, Thor's, Thor's brother. Biological brother. Do you mean Loki? Um, a, um, a fun IMDb trivia fact about from Thor was about Tom Hiddleston, about how he based his performance on um, on three different actors, on Jack Nicholson, um, Clint Eastwood, and Peter O'Toole as an enigmatic, reckless persona. There's a Peter O'Toole connection today. Weird. <laughs> um, for me, I, oh please, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, 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 I was just no, gonna no, say something you. that was really that. Um, obviously, with all these Avengers movies, you watch them till the end because there's gonna be something after the end credits. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one was also interesting to watch until the end because it had a really interesting credit. Um, special thanks. Obviously, you're specially thanking all the you know people from the town and everything. Also, special thanks to Ralph Macchio. Oh my god, why? I have no idea. <laughs> I really want to know why. It didn't say, like, for lending us his car. It just said special thanks to Ralph Macchio. That's weird. I know. I want to know the story. Well, when next time I, I'm talking with Kenneth Brown, I'll ask him. Yeah, or next time we're talking... Um, Ralph Macchio is a Long Island guy. Erica, next time... Dude, he was Mon- just here. He was here this last weekend oh, for, for Austin Wizard World. Nice. Had I known, I would have fucking asked, asked him. him. Nobody yeah. was over there. Um, my um, my junior high school BFF, her mother was a delivery room nurse and delivered Ralph Macchio's oh, baby. Wow! See, she could have she could have asked. She delivered Ralph Macchio, but his baby. <laughs> cool. No, his wife's baby. I suppose that works. That that's my Ralph Macchio story. I think. Yeah, I told you mine. <laughs> European yeah. history teacher um, was like his neighbor, I think, or something. It's, it's, a, it's a Long Island thing. <laughs> Long Islanders, in case you didn't know, um, are really obsessed with um, having like a distant connection to a Long Island celebrity like Billy Joel yeah. or DC. Everyone, Snyder, everyone I know has both a Billy Joel story and a D. Snyder yep, story. Yep. I've got uh, one for each. I have multiple D. Snyder stories. Yep, yep, yep. That's so bizarre. I've seen multiple films with D. Snyder. Like, with, not as in, like, Strangeland 1 and 2, as in... No, as in, we go to the same movie theater. (laughs) Awesome. He went to go see um, Frozen in theaters, and we were the only two people in the theater. Well, him and his family and me and my boyfriend. Um, And his niece uh, went to a school. My mother was a pre-K teacher for a while, and his niece was in her class. Yep, we've all got a connection. (laughs) It's a six degrees world. Kevin Bacon, come to Long Island. Except it's T. Snyder, which 
I don't have it that much more amusing. One time I watched an episode of Kitchen Nightmares that he was on. That's a good one. One time I watched an episode of The Apprentice that he was on. (laughs) (laughs) Those are my stories. One time I watched this movie called Strangeland and he was in it. I hate that movie, man. Let's not talk about it. I need to rewatch it. I haven't watched it since it like hit video. That was like it hit video in the like early days of of the internet when it was like, oh my god, everybody you talk to on the internet is actually D. Snyder and he's going to torture you. Yeah. If only that were true. Good. Oh. So do we? So Thor. Do we have anything else Thor on this, or are, is, or are we gonna? Are we ready to grade? Oh, we didn't mention Idris Elba is also in this movie. Oh yeah. Idris Elba, who is wasted in this new one. Oh, he's. That's a shame. I mean, he doesn't get that much to do in the first one, but he does, like, no. he's got good moments. And he's, like, the other thing, too, about both of the, of, about Thor is it's really funny. Yeah. Did there, you find this, the, the new one funny, Erica? Not as funny as the first one, but there was one laugh that, like, I was crying. I, like, almost died in the movie theater. Can you tell us, or is it a spoiler? Um, it, I mean, it's just a spoiler of the, the actual joke. It doesn't matter. You, you it's me, in... Yeah. Oh, well, I, when they're back at um, Jane's apartment and he fucking hangs Mjolnir up on the crack, <gasps> oh I almost that's died. Awesome. That's pretty great. <laughs> it was just no, so natural. and like So many of the laughs totally fell flat in this, but that really, that was really That one good. really hit home. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was like cracking up for like a good five minutes, like missing the rest of the, the action scene because I was like, but it was just, so funny. He hung it up and he was the coat rack and it had his strap on the end. And apparently he, Chris Hemsworth, like totally um, ad libbed, not ad libbed, but improv that himself. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, really? Which makes See, it that much better, yeah. Now we can't give that movie any credit for being funny because <laughs> it's the funniest all thing. Hemsworth. It was all Chris Hemsworth. The funniest thing was all him. Huh, interesting. <laughs> He's great. He really is. He is. Have you ever seen interviews with him? Like, I I love when he's on Conan, because he has a really good... I mean, Conan's great with everyone, but he's really good with him. I have not. Um, Conan does um, this... Well, a lot of times Conan will take, like, really shitty versions of big movies that are coming out now. Um, like, apparently, I guess I, he has footage from, like, some 1980s Thor something. I don't know oh, if it was, like, there was a pilot, the I think. TV movie or the pilot. Yeah. And he'll take footage of it and just, like, overdub things. And so he'll overdub uh, Thor's voice for it. <laughs> and he makes him go, like, I'm Thor. And it's really funny. And Chris Hemsworth, the last time he was on, he came out and just talked in that voice. <laughs> because... Awesome. They were like, we're going to show a clip from the new Thor film. And they showed that inf- instead. And he came out. And he was like, I don't know why you make fun of my voice, Conan. <laughs> he's, just, he's real sweet and funny, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And he talked about how they had to install ramps for Natalie Portman to walk up to kiss him. Because she's she nine feet tall. And a good foot taller than him. I just enjoy him. I could just talk about him for hours. Again, why Lady Sif would be a better match for him. Yes. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right, so are we about ready to rate it, or does anybody else have anything uh, else they need to else? Um, I really like that um, when Jane gives him a shirt to wear, he ha- it has a sticker on it that says that his name is Donald Blake. Yep. Which is his, you know, the name of Thor when he's, like, a guy that changes into a god, which I still don't understand. Oh, so but that's the other thing I like about this well, movie is that it's not an origin story. Well, for yeah, and for me, it's kind of that's kind of like it's kind of like a nod, but it's also right. like, hey, this isn't that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, 
you know, like, so don't, don't try to make it be that. Mm-hmm. Eh, I like that. That's all. My, my thing with um, superhero movies in general, I, I mean, as you know, I have quite a few issues with a lot of the tropes and kind of formulas they fall into. And one of them is I have seen the origin story. There is nothing at this point new you can do with the origin story because every origin story I've seen has pretty much been the same. Weak guy. Well, that's why this works so well. And this one, exactly, because it's the reverse, really. You have a dude who's like pure alpha male. He's the hot guy. He's the, the star athlete of his planet. And then he gets shifted into a different universe and adjusts and everything. And it just, it's re- so refreshing for that reason alone that it really works for me. All right. Agree. So let's do some grades out here. Now uh, let's do reverse order. Christine, you go first oh, this time. Okay. Um, quality of movie. Film seven point five. Yeah. I'm gonna go um for me, I think again, because of I'll just go seven. Okay. Fair enough. Um I'm going so much higher than you both. That is fine. Uh, I go like for me in like an eight point five. Okay. Because I really, I love it. Nothing wrong with that. And again, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that I really didn't expect anything from it when I went to go see it, and then mm-hmm. it was just so much better than anything I ever imagined. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, quality of life, Christine. See, see, for quality of life, it's a, like a nine point five. <laughs> nice. No, seriously. Like, I know that's high and ridiculous, but, yeah, but it, I've got this. Makes you happy. It, this is like, yeah, this is most of my comfort food movies are like older movies mm-hmm. that, like, I, you know, Muppets Take Manhattan, shit like that. Like, yeah. like, I can just fall into this and it's like a warm blanket. But this is that. And it's very rare for me to come across something as an adult that does that. You know what? I mean, the more uh, I'm thinking about it, I feel like this movie is closest in kind of tone and spirit to Superman, to the 1979 Richard Donner Superman. Yeah. Because it has that kind of, like, epicness meets everydayness. It has a similar structure, in a way, of starting off on distant planet, coming to Earth. You have the kind of Lois Lane character, like, and, I mean, I really like the... Um, the first two Superman movie. And I, so I feel like that might be another reason why I like this one is that it doesn't have like Hulk and Captain America have like, they get so like dark and dreary and mopey um, where like, it's to me, that's when it comes to superhero movies, I either want you to go, go, if you're going to go dark, go dark and be the dark Knight, or be fun and be Superman and, or Avengers. And so in this case, I feel like Thor like is on that spirit that I really enjoy. Um, so I'll go 7.75 for me. Um, That's pretty solid. Yeah. yeah, I I agree with Christine on this one. It's like a 9.5 because I if I'm not doing anything or I'm getting ready to go to bed, I'll just put it on because nothing else is on and it makes me happy to watch it. That's a good thing. All right. Now, so that was Thor, everybody. Uh, it is still on Instant Watch. And the sequel is in the theaters, so you can you can go treat yourself if you so wish. Uh, now, before we talk about next week, uh, let us um, first close with uh, what we're going to pick for our Netflix instant picks. Christine, yeah. you have one. I do have one. Um, this is a movie that I was super, super, super excited to see. Um, they were filming it in New York when I was still in New York. 
um, and it took forever for it to come out for some reason. Um, and then I never saw it because I wasn't in New York anymore and it got a limited release. Um, this is a film called What Maisie Knew with oh. um, Alexander Skarsgård. Um, About the little, the like divorcing family. Yeah, and Julianne Moore's in it. And um, it's so good. I cried the entire time. Is it? Like, I just sat and cried. It looked really depressing. It No, it's pretty sad. I mean, if you have like family issues and like, dad problems <laughs> then you'll probably just sit and weep the entire time okay um so i mean I, I don't know like i said the subject matter really hit hard that's why i enjoyed it so much um but i could see somebody not liking it okay but it's on instant and i mean i think alexander skarsgård's like a, a solid actor um okay. so i i recommend it all right i'm gonna go back a little further from mine uh, my recommend, I was just kind of looking in the drama section of Netflix, which I don't normally do, but I was able to find quite a few movies to put in my queue from there. And one movie I caught that I have not watched um, since it hit VHS back in like 96 or so uh, would be whatever year it came out, um, Quills with oh, Jeff Rush as the Marquis de Saul and uh kate winslet and kate winslet's so good in that she's so good um you also have michael kane and you have joaquin phoenix oh so good and i have not watched this movie since i saw it on video and it, i remember thinking it was great and wonderful and wonderfully acted and really funny and dark and uh it's on instant watch so i'm looking forward to revisiting it soon um erica did you have a pick or anything on instant you've been watching um, yes, I'm going. Since I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring the episode full circle. And Ooh. since in the beginning of the episode we tried to convince Emily to start watching Doctor Who, <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. going to say that everybody should watch two specific episodes of Doctor Who if they haven't started <gasps> watching it yet, because these are my favorite two episodes, and they're two like fairly standalone episodes that aren't okay. particularly character. Yeah, they're not particularly character-driven, so and they're just good episodes, mm-hmm. and I think they work on their own. Um, the first one is the most obvious one, and it's Blink, Absolutely. which is the first appearance of the Weeping Angels, and that's all you need to know, and just watch it. You know, and, and Emily, you know what Mulligan you need to know? Terry Mulligan's in it. Oh, I have, I, I, oh, I do love the But no, she's so good in it, too. I believe she, she's the Mulligan. She's always good. See, I call oh. her not Michelle Williams. Oh, I. You should watch it. No, I'm. I'm. If I want to watch it, I'm picking Terry Mulligan. Erica, come over and we'll watch it. Okay, (laughs) I'll be there in um about four days because I'm gonna have to walk. Um, Because I don't have have gas money. I have no idea. I I would like to put a bet that you could. Um, and the other episode I'm gonna name, which I actually just watched the other day, and it's my absolute all-time favorite episode is The Girl in the Fireplace. Absolutely love that one, too. So, super solid. Yep. And what not the girl in that, like, someone, too? Wait, I'll look it up. Um, she might be. She's uh, she's real pretty. I don't know. Yeah, she, she's beautiful, so there's that. <laughs> there you go. If you like beautiful women that aren't Carrie Mulligan, The Girl in the Fireplace. All right, well, now, when next we meet, um, Christine, did you pick a movie? I did. Okay, don't but- say it like that. Well, no, because I picked a movie. I didn't know if you picked a movie. So yeah, I did. So it's my turn to pick. Chris Christine picked Thor, and then I did horrible things to the universe by picking Supergirl. Um, sure. I'm going to amend it this, this time by picking a movie I've seen, so I know it, it will be a good watch. And that is um, 
after seeing Catching Fire, it put me in the mood for more like reality TV murder movies. So I'm going to go with, I think it's 1999's. It is on Instant Watch, and that is Series 7, The Contenders, which yes. stars Catherine Martin from Sound of the Lambs. I marked that down. Yes. And now, so what are you going to pair it with? Well, this is, I didn't really know what I was going to do. Um, I didn't really know what yours was. I wanted to read a little bit about it before I picked something. Okay. So I, um, I Googled it, and immediately something came up. Another movie, and I was like, oh, all right. Well, the internet says that these kind of go together. Okay. And I've always wanted to is see Is it Halloween this Resurrection? It's Halloween Resurrection. No, it's, no, I love Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> are you kidding me? Of course I've seen I saw that in the theater. <laughs> Who are you talking about? Me too. Um, no, it's um, 1992, I believe. 1992's Man Bites Dog. <gasps> oh. Right? I've never yeah. seen it. Have you? Um, I have seen it in Belgium. I downloaded it and watched it, and it didn't have subtitles, so I just kind of tried my best to understand the French and got a lot of it, but should probably I'm watch trying it. to get... It used to be streaming. I'm trying to get oh, into Netflix. Right oh, I don't know. If That would be good if they were both streaming. Folks, we're there. really lazy. Oh, it's true. <laughs> I gotta put something in an envelope and... Oh, you mean... Oh, my God. I gotta watch the mailbox oh watch? Yesterday morning... I was so proud of myself that I was able to finish World War Z before going to work, and I walked down and I started walking down down to the mailbox, completely walked past the mailbox, walked down the subway, and like had to walk, turn around and walk back upstairs to put it in the mailbox because I forgot, and it was the worst thing ever. You couldn't just like still alive. mail it from work? Because then it wouldn't actually go until the next day, probably. So it was... It was. I don't want to talk about it anymore. It was okay. really hard. Okay. I'll I'll tell you who um the chick in the girl in the fireplace is. Oh, please. I don't know Thank if you're you. actually gonna remember. Who, I mean, she's been in a lot of things. She was in like From Hell and um a bunch of other movies that I've never heard of. But the place where I actually know her from um is from a film that Emily and I saw one of the sequels to together. She was in Underworld. Oh, she's the blonde. She, her name's Erica in the movie. Actually, she's like the the blonde vampire. Who I think the thing I remember most from her is she like jumps up on the wall when she see when something happens. I don't remember, but she's like up in a corner or upside down on the ceiling or something. I just remember that part. But she has like really big blue eyes and her hair is always blonde and slicked back in that movie. Hmm. Any ringing any bells? No, so not I'm really. I don't remember that. Movie. Sophia Miles. She yeah. looks like yeah. Carrie Mulligan. Mm, a little bit. Maybe. Maybe a little bit. Um, the main thing is, has she ever been in an episode of SVU? I don't think so. Was she in the British version of SVU? I didn't see that. Um, wow, no, she's got a lot of credits and nothing I've ever heard of. I feel like if you saw her in her underworld costume, you would remember what, who she was. Because I don't know. I don't know. She sticks out really distinctly in my mind from Underworld. And Wait, but was she in the one that, I, that we saw? The, um... Is that the only one you've seen? I've never Everybody seen, just no, heard I've only started really seen the third one, the prequel. I never saw the other two. Oh, so she was in... Oh, well, she was in the, the evolution also. No, the... Um, I don't think I saw that. I didn't... Did you I didn't see the, the third there. one, which was the best one, The Rise of the Lycan? You don't even know that that was the best one. That's the only one we've seen. Oh, I'm pretty sure it was... Bill Nye, he had a lot of screen time in that one. Did he have a lot of screen time in the other two? Not in the first one. See? Then there was no way it was better than Rise of the Lycans. I like that series. I should actually watch the rest of them. I mean, I was shocked by how much I enjoyed the third one. This has slowly turned into Underworld, Cast. Yeah. It did. Did we sneak <laughs> into that? 
Yes, <laughs> and I still feel bad about that. We snuck into it after Friday the 13th. The really? Yeah. We saw the remake, and we were so angry, and afterwards we were like, want to go see Underworld? Okay. And we did, and we were like, this is so much better than the other one. We Are you sure? You're positive. Wait, or did we sneak in after my bloody Valentine? We definitely I, snuck it into was, it. We, we definitely went it. home after Friday the 13th because we were like, we were fuck really this proud. movie. Right. I think it was after my bloody Valentine in 3D. That sounds more appropriate. Yes, I think that was it. I'm sure we could figure this out by looking up release dates, but I don't have the time for that right now. So I'm, I'm pretty sure I remember it being after that. I'm going to say yes. Well, let's see. Rise of the Lycans was out in 2009. And it was definitely, yeah, yeah, it was my bloody okay. Valentine. That was also out in 2009. Okay. Bill. I feel better about that now. Yeah. I'm glad we figured that out. That would have upset me for a long time. All right. Not as much I'm as glad- Supergirl would have. I'm, I'm glad that we, we figured that out, guys. Whew. Don't you feel better, too? I do. And Man Bites Dog is not on, um, what's that thing, Instant anymore. But it's out there on DVD. Yeah, I just added it. Release, so the DVD mm-hmm. should be pretty loaded with some sweet-ass speeches. Oh, that's good. All right, so that will be our next show once we come back. Um, in the meantime, I hope everybody out there, whether you're American or not, well, I guess only Americans have a good Thanksgiving. Retroactively, I wish our Canadian listeners had a good Thanksgiving. And our um, Korea had Thanksgiving in October, I think. Happy Thanksgiving to them. Happy Otherwise, I forget. There's like Europeans and stuff. Happy whatever European holiday is coming up next, everybody. Happy Hanukkah. And happy Hanukkah. That's right. That starts, I think. Yeah, don't be Thursday. I'm trying. There are Jewish people in Europe, so happy whatever holiday. I just covered them. It starts on Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's like a big deal and stuff, Emily. I'm surprised you didn't know that. Seriously. I think we just discussed this on Sunday, actually. I'm that was only here. two days ago. Happy to our European listeners. Happy whatever holiday is coming up next. I'm covering that because our American listeners, I'm saying happy Thanksgiving. Because no matter who you are, if you're in America, Thanksgiving, you can celebrate. It's not denominational. And to our, I said to. Um, Why are you getting so angry about this? Because I feel very defensive about not being politically <laughs> correct. No, we totally attacked her and she's not handling it well. <laughs> she's not at all. I always attack her, though. She's usually fine. I think it's because we ganged up on her. Don't a little bit. Because <laughs> I'll do it. I will do it. I will lock you in a room and turn it on loop and I'll do it. It's still in my pocketbook. I have to return it to the library. Oh, yeah, I need to. Don't scratch it so that nobody else can watch it. <laughs> I would. I should have done that to my Netflix DVD just to save others' pain I went through. Anyway. All right. So on that note, everybody, do enjoy the holidays, whatever they may be, wherever you <laughs> may be. Thank you, Erica, for joining us. Erica, where can people find you? Thank if you for having me. You. Yeah, Erica, um, it was wonderful. Thank you for coming on. Oh, thank you. Um, you can just find me on Gleecast. I'm I'm on the Facebook. I'm in the Facebook group for the Glee cast. I'm in the Feminine Critique Facebook group also. Um, and my name is Erica, and that's where you can find me. Sounds like a plan, everybody. <laughs> All right, we will be back eventually with Series 7 and Man Bites Dog. In the meantime, don't watch Supergirl. No, don't. Okay, good night, folks. Bye. Bye.